You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma, back with a golf podcast. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, this is Masters week, and it feels weird because there is no Masters. Today is Wednesday. This will probably go out tomorrow, so practice round would be as you're listening now. How does it feel? Before I say how does it feel, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jeremy Lamb and Mr. Jason Smith. Hey, uh, good to be here. Is it the Jeremy Lamb who played for the Thunder, or is it someone different? Yeah, wouldn't it be Do great? Do you get that a lot? I get it a lot, yeah. I, uh, that's the first time you've ever, I've never thought of that, ever. Well, he was such a key component of the trade that like ruined the <laughs> franchise. <laughs> My favorite thing to say to my patients is, I wish I was a 25-year-old uh, NBA athlete. That would yeah, be pretty sweet. That would be fantastic. I'm just a Jeremy Lamb, not yeah. the Jeremy oh. Lamb. Okay. Yeah. But Masters Week, you guys went, right? A couple of years ago? Three years ago? Uh, gone two years in a row. Right. Once in yeah. a lifetime uh, trip, you two years in a row. It's yeah. great. <laughs> We're on TV on the, uh, the Par 3 contest. We've got it all planned out. So if anybody out there was playing a trip to the Masters, contact Jason Smith. <laughs> And he will give you a step-by-step way to do it. We think Wednesday, Wednesday, I think, is a great day to go. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the tournament, it's, it's the it's just a little more relaxed on Wednesday, right? You mm-hmm. know, you can't have phones on the course. Let you bring cameras in. And everyone's just a little more chill. Um, you get to the weekend, like, it's... Mm-hmm. It's a, big, it's a big deal. It's not as relaxed and loose, but I'm telling you, it is Disneyland for dads. Yeah, I want to go. It's it's amazing. I mean, they got everything down to a science from the concession stands to the restrooms, everything. It is just, it is awesome. We can talk about this for a second if you yeah, want to. Yeah, I think yeah, we've got to. Did I think you, we've got to. I think so we got a story. I think, Mike, it, you invited Jared and I on mainly to just tell golf stories. Yeah, tell golf, because, I mean, we, we've been playing a bit of golf together, and, and, you know, just me having the podcast and the golf that I play with you, we always have great conversations most of it we can't repeat anywhere else because it's just talking crap to each other but this is a great opportunity to sit and chat and tell stories and you being at the masters is one of them and before so we, we got to start that, we got to start no we got to start yeah. with this story about last year's masters on wednesday from okay. jeremy lamb well it have was, you heard this one no probably not so we had gone the year before and we gone with a group of friends because somebody had won the lottery right so about eight of us went and we all kind of split the difference right so you buy tickets sure. on the street and then we had four tickets for 75 bucks, and then we all just kind of divvied it up, and yeah. it was great. So we're like, hey, let's do that again. You go, and it's like this magical experience, and you go, and you, and you want to start bringing other people that you love to it. You're sure. like, ah, who do I care about the most that would love this? So we went two years ago, and then last year we said, let's bring our dads. Uh, my dad is dead. He's been, uh, he passed away about 20 years ago. And I kind of have a couple men in my life that were like surrogate fathers to me. Sure. So one of them was one of my buddy's dads. And uh, so we brought both of them. Jason brought his dad all the way from Oregon. And we showed up and we, we got there. And uh, one of my buddies had bought tickets ahead of time off of eBay. Um, I think 1300 a piece. Yeah. And the year before, we'd paid 500 on the street. And so Smitty and I are thinking, okay, well, we'll get in for maybe 1500 bucks a person or whatever. And for whatever reason, <laughs> it was just nuts. The prices were crazy. And uh, Smitty and I go, and he's going to buy a ticket for him and your dad. Yeah. And I got to buy a ticket for myself on the street that morning getting into the Wednesday practice round. Uh, I buy one from a local dealer. 
and uh, ripen will go like a real guy, not just like some you know homeless man in a box. Some guy hasn't opened his jacket pocket. <laughs> like, and gone, hey, Check yeah. what I have and for you. Right? If you don't want these master tickets, here's a Rolex. Uh, and some Oakleys. No, too. he was a very normal dude. Yeah. And uh, Smitty, you you bought one for you and your dad. What'd you end up paying? Man, uh, a lot more than I expected. Okay, we'd have to say. I think it was, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah it was I'll a tell lot. you what I paid. So I bought my ticket, and I bought my ticket for $2,500. One ticket. One ticket to get me in. Wednesday practice round. Wednesday practice round, $2,500. Okay. And I, because I wanted to get in, and I wanted to go in there and be in there with my friends yeah. and their dads, and we're taking them on this trip. And, and so I get in, and uh, they go ahead of me, and I find my ticket, and I, I come in. And I walk through the gates, and they they scan my ticket, and the and it doesn't scan, and it won't scan. And the guy looks at me, and I'm like, oh, let's try it again. He's like, where did you get this ticket? I was like, I just bought it. And he scans it, doesn't scan. He's like, you need to come with me. And he like grabs <laughs> me by the arm and escorts me to a private security room at yeah. Augusta, where they take a photocopy of my driver's license and the ticket. And the guy just sits across from me and says, this ticket is fake and you're gonna have to leave. <laughs> and I'm like losing my mind, right? It's like eight in the morning. I think we probably got up at 4.30 in the morning, drove over from Athens, like, right. and all my bodies are in. And nobody has Super a phone. Super excited to be there. Nobody has a yeah. phone. So I can't yeah. be like, oh, hey, let me text my friends. Hey guys, I just got, I'm in the guard shack at yeah. Augusta <laughs> and I'm getting kicked out. Uh, I'll meet you, I'll figure out a way. So. They, they literally didn't escort me out like, you know, a criminal. Yeah. And as I'm being escorted out, I I passed Jason and his dad. And they have just gotten in. They bought tickets yeah. off the street and they got in. Yeah. Bought legitimate tickets. <laughs> and so I see you and you, I think that's the most distraught I've ever seen you. And you looked at me and you're like, I bought a fake ticket. I'm getting kicked out of the Masters. <laughs> And we can't communicate. I hand you the keys to the rental car that you later cannot find, which had your phone in it. And I, this is a part of the story, I'm guessing Katie will not listen to this podcast, but my (laughs) wife Katie, this is the part that she hates because, but I love this part. But for the next like five hours, I'm having the time of my life with my dad, the trip of a lifetime. And yet both of us look at one another and we're just like, cheer. I can't believe you bought a fake ticket. So we have this like the joy of everything masters yet the pit of your stomach of that your best friend is out on the street with no money because yeah. we'd paid, we'd spent all our money. Oh, I had to stop by Chase and get like a cash advance on my credit <laughs> card because I didn't bring enough cash. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't have enough money in my bank. I literally don't have enough money in my account to go buy a, another $2,500 ticket. And you know, I'm, I'm real creative, like I'm an entrepreneur, like I love to strategize. And by the time I got outside, I was already like formulating, like I'm like, okay, I'll figure this out. Like right. I can get back in, I'll figure it out. And I felt, I was kind of over it in 20 minutes and I felt bad for my friend who's like distraught. Literally like having the time of his life was uh, supposed I, to be having the time you know, of his life. Yeah, it, it, it was great. I eventually got back in. I went back to the dealer. Uh, I told him what happened. He you found said, him? I found him, I went right back to him and I'm like, you know, like shaking angry. I'm like, listen, man, I'm, I, I just bought, I just spent $2,500. And he was like super calm. He was like, no, oh, my friend, I'm so sorry. Here's a new ticket. He hands me a fresh ticket. He's like, this happens sometimes when prices get this high. Cause again, they were five times what they were the year before. Jeez. And so he hands me a new ticket and he's like, how much, this one. He's, like, how much, he's like, how much, he's like, how much money back can I give you to make it fair? And I said, you can give me $500 back. And he said, sounds great. 
handed me $500 cash, handed me a new ticket. He's from Georgia, so he prayed for me. And I'm not kidding. He prayed for me and said, I hope you and your friends and your dads have a great time and good luck. And I got in and eventually met up with everybody in the afternoon and it was it was it was awesome. I got to one of the phone banks. I did not have your phone number or your wife's phone number because I don't have who phone numbers knows, in my head. No, who knows phone numbers? Yeah, I don't know. So I yeah, called my, my own and that's it. I called my wife and it's, I don't even talk to her about the masters or anything. I was right. like, I need Jeremy Lamb's phone number and Lori Lamb's phone number. And I scratch it into the green master's phone booth because I have no pen, no paper, nothing to write on. I call you and you don't answer. And I'm thrilled because I thought to myself, right. if he, he didn't answer, yeah. he's in. That's he's a good in. thing. Yeah. And then I called Lori. I was like, have you heard from Jer? And she's, I don't even remember what she said. <laughs> oh, my wife's got, we got five kids. Like she could, <laughs> she could really give two S's about what's happening to me on my dream trip of a lifetime. I mean, like, she'd be like, huh, Jay, what do you, I, listen, I gotta go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you guys have a good time. You'll figure it out. Um, so that's that's so, our Wednesday. So, yeah, I had no idea. Masters. So you got in and had a Practice great room. time. So yeah, it's great. So you know, the drill on Wednesday is you get in, and the first thing you do is you go to the golf shop and you buy all your stuff. And everyone FOMOs uh, like the stuff. Like it's just like there's so much cool stuff. It's the only place you can it's buy. It's massive, it. isn't it? It's huge. Oh, it's huge. It's yeah. enormous. And they of course have it down to a system. I mean, I got guys. We had guys on our trip buying all kinds of crazy crap, like master scented candles. We had a dude that bought a gnome, a master's gnome. Like it's just like this, the palpable, like oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm here. Yeah. You're just buying all kinds of crap, and you go in, you go to the shop, and then you buy your chairs. Sure. And so you go to you go in there and you buy your chairs, and then on Wednesday you go line up because the you may not know this, I didn't, but the par three course is a totally separate course from Augusta National. I thought when they did the par three contest, they modified the holes. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's a whole separate course. course. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. And so they have it roped off, and like 9, 9.30, they open it up, and then you all kind of walk quickly to your spots. Because you can't run. You can't run. There's yeah. no running in no Augusta. Patrons, no. no Patrons don't run. Yeah. My gosh. Uh, uh, plebes run at, you know, like the Wyndham, um, but not, not at the Masters. Yeah. And you go, and, and then we would always secure our our seats right along the uh, the walkway where they'd come down off of the uh, eighth hole, and we'd be right there and could uh, talk to all the all the players that come through. And you're right on TV with ESPN, and it's great. It's just the best. You eat, drink, have fun. It's how many time. how many Masters cups did you collect? Oh yeah, uh, so that's great. So if you ever do go to the Masters, you can buy souvenirs in the shop, and they're super expensive. But I recommend you just collect the cups because, like, for three bucks they'll sell you a soda, for four bucks they'll sell you a beer, and they come in literally Masters cups. Yeah. Let's say Masters 2019, 2020 on them, and people just leave them all over the place. And me and my friends, you know, we're like, scooping whatever, them scooping yeah. them up. I, it's like we, an Ikea and stealing pencils, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's like the crazy dudes that go, like, after, like, a football game, and they pick up all the souvenir cups. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah. But, like, anyway. It's the Masters. It's the Masters. Yeah. So I'm not going to turn down a free Masters cup. And then you give them out of souvenirs. Yeah. It's all your the best gift. It's the it's best, best gift. gift. Here's yeah. a cup. You drink out of them all year. And remember the time that security took you and hauled you out. and. So our, our buddy story. Rick, who will probably listen to this podcast, what, 14, 16 times, mm-hmm. he got Friday tickets last year. Okay. And we had a chance to talk to him about trying to get in to the Masters on Thursday to follow Tiger's last nine holes because people start leaving. If you get there at, if you wake up at four and get there at seven yeah. and get in, by the time 
you know, three, four o'clock rolls around, you're tired, but the last groups are finishing up. So Rick was able to score a ticket that's a secondary sale. Okay. So every ticket you get to get into the Masters twice. So Rick was able to, for a very minimal amount, I think it was a hundred bucks. Yeah. He was able to somehow get a ticket. Not someone 2,500. Right, yeah. just a hundred bucks. Just a hundred bucks. So to go in and he gets into the Masters Thursday actual round. Right. Gets to walk the whole course, gets to buy his chair for he and his dad because they had tickets on Friday, which let them put their chairs out first thing and I have to wait in line yeah. to get their chair. And so he That's gets really in cool. on Thursday and he's right there. What hole was that? The, the, it was 14 where the security guard about takes out Tiger. And he's standing there right on the ropes um, watching that security guard come sliding in and about blow out yeah, his, uh, yeah. Frank, uh, Frank Gord, right. Tiger's knee. Yeah. <laughs> Just demolished it. So there, yeah. are, there are ways you can be creative to get in. This is super fun talking about the Masters, but that's an all-time story for Jerry and, and you I. you stayed, of, like, way out of town, right? Yeah, Which, a couple like, hours. It was, you just it was, can't. There's nothing can't. you can book in town. Yeah. Yeah. Although the November Masters this year, if it ha- does happen on that, what November 9th to the 15th, yeah. it'll be interesting to see kind of how that looks like in the fall. I'm really interested. Mm. We, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the hopefully the once-in-a-lifetime trip will happen maybe three years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, once uh, you go, it's like it's like drugs. Once you go, you just you're looking for the next hit. Uh, it's awesome. It'll never be in the fall again. You gotta go. You that gotta one, go. Yeah, you, exactly. you gotta go. It was the one year that it was in the fall. You're right. I went to the Ryder Cup that year. It went to a Monday because it was in Wales. I Mm. I don't think it's gone to a Monday ever before Mm. that day. That's awesome. So that was lucky. Super lucky. But yeah, it's. You were on TV as well, though. Again, it wasn't just the par three. It was the previous year. You were on. We were the first year we went. We were on the par three because the way we set our chairs up. Because I remember seeing like you and an S and you and Levine was with you at the same time. Yeah, Levine went the first trip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been it's been incredible and some of the best memories of our lives. I, I think for people who are. Who are big enough golf fans who are listening to it, this is Oklahoma Golf Podcast? Yeah, I, you gotta go. So like just one time in your life, you gotta. Make I friends. recommend it. You gotta go, and most of the tickets you buy in the secondary market are gonna be legitimate. My experience was rare. I'm serious. I, I mean, <laughs> to get money back and go find the guy yeah, again I mean, is listen, rare guy, as well. Very rare. I, I, I was ready to like fight. I was like, I'm calling the police. <laughs> I am gonna have the Augusta Popo out here on this guy. Like you've ruined my trip. Um, but, you know, just think about it. Like, I mean, and is it expensive? Yes. But, like, we knew for the the older guys that we took in our trip, mm. they would never, they probably have more money than we do. But for whatever reason, they've never, yeah. like, thought, we should go do this. Right. And, like, you should go do it. It is it is a memory and an experience. It will be in, the pictures of me at the Masters will be in my uh, funeral slideshow. Right. So when I'm dead and I have lived my life, you will see me standing in the Masters in my funeral slideshow uh, with some um, sad music in the background. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll be there. We just yeah. just oh, have me. the Masters music playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, my wife will not sign up on that. Jim Man's talking about it. The trip with our buddies was trip of a lifetime. And then last year, taking our dads and, yeah. and, and being able to have Jer. Would, tell them what you did to invite your surrogate dad. Like, tell them what you did to... to well, it was... <clears throat> we just showed up at his house after Christmas and said, hey... Uh, Terry, uh, we got a Christmas gift for you. And it's me and my uh, lifelong friend, Brad Wilson. And we've been friends for 30 years. And uh, showed up randomly at Terry Potter's house on, like, some night in December. We said, hey, Terry, we got a gift for you. So he comes in, he's like, this is weird. Uh, you guys never been to my house? I haven't been to my house since, you know, we were in high school together uh, with his son. And we have a master's chair. And we give it to him. We say, hey, buddy. Here's a master's chair up from the masters. Oh, thanks, guys. That's really nice. Thank you for bringing it to me. And they were like, and you're going to be sitting in it 
at Augusta this April with us when we go back. And he's like, no, no, Jer, no, you can't do this. No, no way. It's like, yeah, Terry, it's going to be awesome. No, I can't like, no. And like, no, you're going. Yeah. Uh, I think my friend's dad, when we told him, uh, he started crying. Yeah. It's just like, it's, great. Right. It's just have that experience. Like, that's one thing I would love to you gotta call dad up man. and be like, hey, by the way, like, you've got to go, you know. So like, book your my dad ticket. flew from Oregon to Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. then we flew to Georgia, and then we drove to Athens and yeah. stayed at the Hyatt Place, and and then drove together to the Masters, right. drove back, stayed that night, fly home. And when we get done, my dad, there's so many goosebump, chilling moments to mm-hmm. experience while you're there. And I get this note from my dad in the mail, and he's like, as much as the Masters meant the world to me, it was three days with yeah. my kid. Just being together, yeah, like, that was the gift. And I was—I thought I was giving him the gift of the Masters, but in so many ways, like I looked back, I get to like, hang out. When with was the last days? time that yeah. it was just he and I? No phone for that long. Yeah, yeah no phone, just being together and see. I mean, how many years? I remember watching. So I'm 40. Yeah, 86 Masters. I'm seven years old. My dad, his hero. I mean, my dad has a plaque of Jack Nicklaus's accomplishments that I remember growing up with. This is so I, so I remember. The 86 Masters and Jack making that putt, one of the most significant moments of my life. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there watching that moment. I'm getting chills yeah. now thinking about sitting there and being on 16 and watching him skip it across the pond and being a chance to just, mm-hmm. just, just smell and be. And we've been so incredible. The last two years have been, the weather's been perfect. I mean, actually, we're probably a little hot last year. I mean, it was just so... So beautiful. So yeah. fun to start this podcast with sure. that story. We we have we have actually have a list of stories of our <laughs> golf stories. I don't know what you expect. We have a tea tonight. we have a tea time that we can't miss as well because <laughs> we are currently recording at Golf Club of Edmund in the whatever this dining room is. Luckily, well, which is and almost it's an in the kitchen. Service. If you can, it is. You're in right. the middle of COVID. <laughs> yeah, essential <laughs> Thank service. God, yeah, uh, Edmund City Council. Praise be to you yeah. for keeping the essential service of the golf course it's a open. Beautiful day today. This place is packed. It is. It's packed. They're going to have their best month ever. <laughs> Most businesses are going bankrupt. The golf club event is cash and checks, baby. Good for them. Grateful for, Grateful for them. So yeah, if you hear anything going on in the background, we are literally right next to the kitchen. So um, shoved us in the corner. But yeah, uh, Jason, this is your home golf yeah. course, right? Yeah. For has been for what a year now. This is my Over yeah, year? second year that second I've year? been here. It'll be two years. Um, it'll be two years in September. We had a chance to move out here and get a place, and I love it out here. I mm. mean, every course you can find a variety of different things wrong that you would change, or you know, I, that, you know there's a couple of greens out here that that I, I think that are unfair. I don't be, like the tee box on 17. Uh, there's a few 15. things like that that, that <laughs> need need work, but man, yeah. I love it. I love the, I love the staff. I love the team. I think it's in great shape right now, and. Uh, I just, I love golf, man. Mm. And so being able to be on a golf course was something that, you know, you kind of always dream of when you golf or when you're a kid growing up, I want to live on a golf course. Yeah. And so being able to especially take a little cart my dad got me for my 40th birthday, take out my daughter in the evenings. I got a daughter who's 12 and a daughter who's seven, both like to play. And being able to just have the facility right there mm. has been super fun. And as you know, like when you play, you get better. And so I'm, I'm, I think I'm a little bit better player now than I was two years ago. We'll yeah, see, if we, it, uh, see if it keeps up. Bef- before you showed up, we were chatting about, uh, Lam was reminding me of how we destroyed you on your 40th birthday party, uh, 40th <laughs> birthday round out here. And then you went into hiding and deep, 
deep grind mode over the winter and have come out. Oh, yeah, the last silly. time I beat Smitty was on his birthday. I beat him by like five shots, and uh, ever since Haven't then. Haven't seen him since. He's got a picture of me posted above his bed as he does yoga and stretches, and he's like, never again will I let that former offensive lineman beat me. <laughs> never again. Oh, Not going to happen. Worst birthday ever. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. But you're my coach, Mike. You're my coach. Uh, I asked you. I think after Lamb beat me so bad on my 40th birthday, I think I asked the Something question, has how, to do change. I, how do I get better? Yeah. And you said, um, you got to take your belly fat and turn it into core strength. <laughs> not say that. Yes, those you not, did. No, you had the exact words. Those are not my take words. Take your belly fat and turn yeah. it into core strength and yeah. do yoga every day for 10 years. Yeah. And so um, on November 1st, I started doing yoga and I've done yoga. I think it's like 158 of 160 crazy. days. Yeah, it's, um, it's, that's impressive. I'm down about 30 pounds total. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, my wife got a Peloton for Christmas, and I've been on that quite a bit, and uh, hoping to take some of your advice. And you've helped me. You've helped me get yeah, better. Short games, kinda... short, short games definitely improved. Right, ball striking and just yeah. general. Let's get yeah. you around the golf course and stop thinking about irrelevant thoughts. Yeah, you helped me with. One I mean, thing. the mental game. And yeah, I think that this is. You have two different podcasts. You've got the, this is Oklahoma golf, and this is Oklahoma. I think that they're on the same network. Yeah. But, we talked about what an accomplished golfer you are, and it's been fun for me to learn from you on the mental side of golf, about I think just how well you think your way around the golf course. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, and I hope to get better. I my goal is to be able to. Um, I told you this is what this was my goal. My goal is to from forty to fifty get um, better, mm-hmm. and uh, between fifty five and sixty, I want to play in the U.S. Senior Amateur Championship, the national championship for seniors. Yeah. So it's a fifteen year goal which is kind of how I operate. I like long-distance goals. You do, too. I mean, yeah, the I like marathon long, yeah. you've accomplished yeah. and the, the ultra marathon you did, and you're going to think you're going to do, like, some mm-hmm. other things that you've some done. Some other but, crazy stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's fun to have a goal out there and to try to think I, small steps. Yeah, definitely. Yesterday I broke par for the first time that, in four that's years. That's what we're going to dive into. Yeah. So Lamb so. obviously played with you yesterday. Big day, first... You know. First off, I broke 80, which I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty pumped about. I made a nine on a hole, still broke 80. Feels pretty sweet, guys. Solid. I made solid a nine golf. and a made a nine and a seven on two par fives in the front and broke 80. So there you go. Yeah, uh, you felt better than he did walking off. The I course. sure did. <laughs> he, beat, he beat me by 11 shots, and I felt like I uh, just won the U.S. Open. <laughs> my uh, my golf coach in high school said he's like, Lamb, you can never have a good round with a three putt or a double bogey. And I'm like, what about a quad, Coach Blasco? Uh, what about and a one-putt quad. What about, yeah, one-putt quad. It's probably a 20-foot putt I had to make for my quad. Uh, he also would always tell me that the safest place he could stand would be right by the pin or in the middle of the fairway yeah. when I was, like, on the tee. And I was like, Coach, you're really inspiring me. It explains a lot about your golf game. This does. Well, I don't – Mike – Jason's golf game is great. Mike, you're the best golfer I've ever played with regularly. I don't – I mean, my golf game, for all – for all you guys out there, I don't, I mean, I think the best part about my golf game is I'm just lucky. Mm. I'm not really good at anything else. Not a great putter, not a great ball. I'm, I'm probably one of the state's best lag putters. <laughs> we discovered that last I'm week. I'm one of the best lag putters you'll ever see. Usually I'm lagging it in there, though, <laughs> for bogey. Um, but not a great putter, not a great iron striker. Pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, short game off the tee is always questionable. I triple cross myself. You know, you, you guys double cross. I triple cross. So I only I blow it. You know, aim right, blow it right, but it still hooks back left into the gunch at the end. So um, yeah, it's been fun playing with you guys. You guys are tons of fun. So, I love to beat Jason Smith, and that happens what, rarely. What is with you saying all that stuff? Like, what is what does golf mean to you though? Like, is the reason you keep playing? 
before we dive into Jason's hole by hole, which oh, will no, take no, up no, the no, last no. half of the podcast, um, <laughs> like why, like you know, of all the, like, I love playing with you because it doesn't matter how good or bad I play, like I laugh for three or four hours constantly, uh, and that's the beauty of hanging out and playing with mates and playing golf, right? But right. and that's it know. for me. I don't. I hate practicing. If I'm going to play golf, I want to just play, mm-hmm. and uh, I just like being with people. I don't like to play by myself. Like, I'm not going to just go out and play around. Jason will go play and hit, and he likes some of the best golfers you'll meet are the ones that love to just be alone and work their game. Mm. I do it because it's fun to be with people. If I have four hours free by myself, I'm not going to go play golf if no one can come with me. Yeah. So it's about being together. Fair enough. That's, that's, that explains it, definitely. So... Jason, first tee yesterday. What time did you guys tee off yesterday? Oh, I don't Deep know. No, no, no way. No way. Let's, let's, so let me, let me turn that because uh, I, no one cares about what I shoot. This is a big well, by the way, that's a, great, that's a great line because no one cares no about cares. what you shoot. Mm. I was even thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about, you know, your friend uh, Michael Gellerman. Yeah. Um, and what a tough year it's been for him to finally get his card. And then we have all these events that have just been canceled and so much unknown. Like, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to, like re-exempt people the next year yeah. how, how all that logistically is going to work out he's yeah. got to be a mess and thinking you know that he's playing at the top level of golf and even then 6.9 billion people still don't care yeah what you okay. yeah it's like True. it's like the key like nobody cares yeah. but even if gellerman shoots bad i'm heartbroken for him i'm not disappointed in him right, right? like we we stand um gellerman right like i follow every shot he is mm-hmm. he has hit mm-hmm. on the pga mm-hmm. tour mm-hmm. i have followed on a shot tracker and if uh-huh. it's not shot tracker i still follow the shot even if it doesn't give me exactly if it's an opposite field event and yeah it's amazing to me i've got to keep saying that but that's some of the mental game that you've helped me with yeah so nobody cares what golf means True. to me like i am different than you i love to practice i practice every day um, I, I practice. I have to make sure I hit some wedge shots. That's what you told me when I started mm. to try to get better. Yeah. Jason, you've got to get better from 50 to 80 yards. That has to be automatic. Um, and so I've just, you've given me drills to be able to work on that. I love to putt. I putt every day in my house. I've got a well putt mat, wellputt.com. No free ads. No Sorry. Free ads. Uh, um, I would love to, one in the mail if they want one. Uh, they probably, <laughs> right, they're slammed with business right That's now. That's exactly right. They probably are. So I, I putt every day in my house. Um, I've putted every day in my house since Christmas. Um, I, I love to practice. I love to play alone. But for me, golf is about friendships and relationships. Yeah. I mean, the way that we were here today wouldn't be... Even Southern Nazarene University, which is we we have ties to, mm-hmm. you and me, Mike. Um, yesterday, um, couple, this week, I also played with Coach Derek Taylor and graduate assistant and all-decade GAC member, Rhett Bechtel. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to come out here and play with me on Monday. And to get a chance to be with those guys, like the way that golf has so much of my life and friendships are centered around this game and some of the best memories of my whole life with my dad are around this game like so for me it's just so special was was Rhett the guy that was pounding drives one day before an event trying to get his swing fixed and you went up to him and were like what are you doing what are you doing mate (laughs) you can't fix your swing I always try to fix my swing it was like either it was either Igo or it was, it was Don Roden probably. Yeah, there's maybe. three in 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 SNU history since I've been there. There's been three range rats as we like to call them. Eric Smith is probably one of the best guys striking wise on a range. He never miss a golf shot on the range. You put him on the first tee, and it was if you just blows it in the cut driving range off. at Hefner. North. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like and then Dalton Roden. Uh, Don loved, just loved hitting balls on the range and there was one time at Galadia he just we, after the round we'd play at Galadia and he's on the range I went up and I said what you know so what happened today how'd it go 
oh, I just wasn't in my driver well. Okay, cool. How many fairways do you hit? It's like, oh, I hit like 10 fairways. <laughs> okay, 10 out of 14 is pretty good. So show me what you're doing wrong. And he's hit like five in a row, dead straight. It's like, yeah, but I'm just not striking him well. <laughs> How many putts do you have today? He's like, oh, 33. I'm like, Hmm. Go to the putting green right now. <laughs> you're, in the wrong, you're, in the wrong you're in the wrong place. Spot. Doesn't well, matter how good you strike it. If it goes straight, it goes straight. <laughs> like, Lamb, what yeah. do you say though when we're warming up before a round and you've got like a, a group of our guys together? What do you say when well, you walk first the off? Range? If I actually hit balls before a round, that would be that would be really yeah. impressive. I'd be really trying to impress somebody. But you know, our saying is, I'm just out here on the range trying to fix you know 20 years of habits in 15 minutes before I tee off. Um, it's, I think it shows in my game. Uh, <laughs> uh, triple cross off the Triple face. cross. Yeah, listen, it takes a special type of athlete to triple cross. Uh, it really it's does. It's impressive stuff. Definitely. Well, uh, with current events and current news, the Open being canceled, um, I had a bit of a my group text with a few of the college golfers I played with. We were talking about the other day, and they were Tim, who's been on the podcast, was like, why can't you just have it in November? Like, because I looked at the Open tee times. They go from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. The sun rises in November at like eight o'clock and it sets at like three thirty back home. So there's no way you're gonna get it in. Yeah. But with that whole going on, like, you know, it is still they're still gonna have it in the same place next year and it's still gonna be the hundred and forty ninth and St Andrews will be the hundred and fiftieth in two years. Good. But it's such an uncertain time, isn't it, for golf? Like it's you know, now it's getting real with like legit tournaments like the you know, the masses being postponed and the open being cancelled. Yeah. So what do you think? What's Have you been looking at much of the news? Have you seen anything about it? Are you a big watcher of uh, the Open, the real Open, as some <laughs> Americans won't like to say, but it is the Open? What are your thoughts on it? Do you watch the Open? Oh, yeah. I love that you wake up, you wake up and it's on TV. Yeah. I mean, there's something special about that for me. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I'm in memories watching it for sure. Um, but, yeah, I... It's funny. I do care about the I do care about the majors, but with my relationship with Michael Gellerman, yeah. I, I'm caring more about these guys on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's a rookie this year. Too, yeah, he's right? a rookie this year. Yeah. He's got his tour card for the first year. I'm, I'm more worried about the guys on the Corn Ferry Tour that I followed. Some of the Oklahoma guys that you're featuring on your on your mm. Instagram account. Um, it is I, interesting. We that has changed for me. I I love watching the majors. I'm a huge Tiger fan. Hundred percent Tiger. Um, I mean, he's just a couple Same. years older than us and. Just love watching him and always root for him. But I've lost a little interest in watching millionaires make a couple extra more million dollars. Like, that doesn't do it for me. Like, uh, Justin Thomas winning, you know, the RBC Open doesn't really, like, do it for me. Watching the guys, like, grind their whole career... Yeah. And then have a chance to like actually make it. Scott Harrington last year. Yeah, oh, Harrington. The yeah. Corn Ferry Tour in Portland might be my favorite event of the year when those guys either solidify their card or don't solidify mm. their card. Yeah, I just uh, that's really that's really awesome. You know, when you think about it though, going forward, I feel like golf probably has the easiest time navigating everything with COVID mm-hmm. in the sense that you can really limit who you're around and you know there's like this meme going around right like I've been practicing social distancing for years I play golf yeah. you know so it's kind of like of all the things to like get started back up it seems like it would be the one with the least amount of like practical things you got to overcome or because you could you know and once we get rapid testing um, yeah. that's ubiquitous and we have plenty of it you could literally test everybody before the event and let anybody know if they tested positive 
um, and then they couldn't play. Mm. But if they tested negative, then they could go play or something like that. And yeah. you wouldn't, you're not going to be, the groups aren't big. No patrons, no spectators. Yeah. But it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's like they canceled the Open for World War II as a last time. Yeah. And now we're doing it again. And you're like, it just, uh, I don't know, kind of depresses you. Makes you realize what a scary time it is for so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You're in healthcare. My wife's in healthcare. We have a lot of people that we care about who are in healthcare, and it'll be really interesting to see how we remember this five months from now, six months from now, but also just ten years from now. Like it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to even probably maybe listen back to this in ten years. Yeah. I think that we'll be talking about this to our kids, right? Um, forever. And yeah. Be, and I, we have no idea what it's going to look like at Christmas. We just don't know. Mm. Don't and know. in the Lots grand of scheme of things, like this podcast and golf in general doesn't mean anything, right? Like no. you said earlier, who cares about golf? Yeah, Nobody be cares able about to golf. share fun stories. Can, yeah. I, can I pitch him a couple stories? I want to say, like, what is on the list of things okay. that, that we got to cover well, today? We both grew up going to municipal golf courses. I grew up at Shadow Beach Municipal Golf Course in Ontario, Oregon. Mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. It was a goat track. I loved the experience of growing up in a muni. Is it and a neighborhood now, housing development? No, it's just, it's nothing. There's, oh, really? It's, it's in the middle of a... <laughs> the worst. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> no yeah, one even got an equity moment right. from it. No real estate developer <laughs> came in. It was surrounded by, have you ever heard of Orida Fries? Like Orida the brand? No. Your listeners have. Okay. Orida stands for Oregon, Idaho. Okay. I grew up on the border of Oregon and Idaho. And so it's surrounded by potatoes and onions. That's what that's yeah. what surrounded our course. Now there's just a, just a field. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, just, it's so sad to me, but it was not a great course. But some of my greatest memories are looking for golf balls. And I want JR to tell his yeah. Hefner golf course growing up hunting for golf balls um, adventures at Hefner. Well, we Hefner was my home course um, growing up. I started playing there when I was 14. And, you know, when you play a course growing up, like the hard holes that you remember when you're 14, like I was listening to you and some of your boats talking the other day about how easy 10 was for you guys. You're like, you hit North this, or South? Uh, the South. Uh, number 10 is an easy yeah, hole. Yeah, you can get in that bunker sometimes, right. but... You guys are like, well, sometimes you can't take driver off the tee because you get, I'm like, what the? Like, what are you talking about? I played that thing into a hot, dirty wind, like, year after year after busting, year, yeah. swinging driver forearm just to pray to hit that huge green. I hated yeah. 10. I also hated two on the south growing up as a 14-year-old. Those were long holes. Yeah. Back into the wind every time. Ugh, freaking brutal. But what me and my friends would do in high school is we'd go fishing for golf balls. And you could buy this little thing on eBay. It was like this little golf fisher thing it had a rope on it you'd launch it in and like pull it back and it was like this little uh this little trap uh, about the size of a shoebox, and you would pull it in and get some golf balls so me and my buddies would go out to hefner after it closed and go fishing for golf balls yeah and our favorite place to go was 17 on the north sure because it's that long par yeah. three over the water you know you're probably taking There's like a, you're probably goals. taking like a knockdown six <laughs> i'm taking like a choke down driver um <laughs> to get there or whatever anyway and so eventually you would just you would use this little device and be pulling them in and you would just get tired of using it because you may pick up two but you could if you just threw your whole body in the water and like lay down in the water and feel with your feet and hands, you could just feel these balls. We just launch them. Do you, up. Are you having like like goggles? No, on you don't need snorkels. Thing? You just no, need. No, but it's like you know, it's like nine no ten o'clock suit. at night. Yeah. Everything is cl- closed. Middle of summer. It's ten o'clock at night. And so one one time we go and we we drive around by the boathouse and park on this gravel road off by like number five on the north. 
and we'd park there and then cut across because you don't go park in the parking lot. Of right. Like, you can, whatever. I mean, yeah. it's too obvious because there's Lake Patrol and there's cops. Well, it's like people now who are trying to sneak on the golf course because it's closed. They're not going to park in the You're parking lot. You're not going to park, park in yeah. the parking lot, right? You're going to park off somewhere else. So we parked somewhere else. And we just, I don't know, we, it was just a, a huge night. I mean, right, and we have like a trash sack full. Gold like mine. a heavy, oh, it was gold mine. I said, guys, I said, I'm not going to carry these back to, uh, I'm not going to carry these all the way back to my truck. I'm going to go drop these behind a tree on number 11 on the, uh, on the north and leave mm-hmm. them there. And then as we drive out, well, we'll go get them. So we make our way back to our car, me and my three friends. You know, we're like soaking wet. We jump in. How old? So you're old enough to drive. So 16. Old enough to drive, but not an adult for like criminal purposes, <laughs> okay. right? So any charges yeah. would be juvenile charges, yeah. right? Slap on the wrist. So, yeah. and this is like white privilege at its finest, right? Like white kids <laughs> thinking, I'll just trespass and steal and everything will be fine. It's just golf balls. It and, right? Matter. You know, like yeah. things that uh, black folks are like, are you, you're going to do what? Yeah. They're not going to do that. Are you crazy? <laughs> What uh, was what was the goal? What was the best golf ball uh, at that the time? Pro- the professional. Okay. The professional 100. This okay. is before Pro V. Yeah. So what we do it is was we the get the 90 and the 100. Uh-huh, right? Yep. Yeah. 90 and 100. You yeah. know, we all thought we could hit the 100s. We Close. probably couldn't, right? Yeah. Well, actually, we probably swinging pretty hard back then. So, um, and then we'd have like a draft. You know, you go and you clean them all up, and you draft the balls. Yeah. You know, Max Flies were a good ball then. You know, like oh, Max Fly, Greg Norman, Slossingers, whatever. So we dropped them behind the uh, tree, and then as we're pulling out the gravel road, we get pulled over. Yeah. And a cop comes and pulls us over and, like, comes up to my window and I'm driving. He's like, what have you boys been doing? You haven't been sneaking on the golf course getting golf balls. Like, drenched. I'm, like, drenched, <laughs> like, head to toe. We got towels down in my truck. And I'm like, no, sir. What were you doing? Oh, we're just hanging out here by the lake. You don't have any golf balls? He's, like, looking in my bed. Yeah. And I'm like, no, sir, I don't. I don't because they're behind the tree on 11. <laughs> and he lets us go. And we just felt like, uh, I mean, we just felt like just uh, the Italian it, job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Felt like Ocean's Eleven uh, <laughs> stealing all those golf holes. It was great. Uh, a lot of fun. Our statute of limitations, I think, is passed on that. No one's going to come. Yeah. We, uh, we used to do the same thing back home, though, with, with the golf course I grew up at. Like, we kind of the typical summer as a kid, right? Your mum and parents drop you at the golf course at 9 o'clock in the morning and pick you up at 7, 8 o'clock at night. You get so much for the day, and you'd all hang out and play golf all day. And we would have ball hunts, and there would be ten of us that would just go. And there was like this, this ninth hole, um, dog leg left down the hill, and there was a field that it dog legged around, which is like a farmer's field. And if you were feeling, you know, confident, you take the corner over, or you just knock one down. And we'd just go and line up and walk in a huge line. But everyone would get like they'd have a draft, right? So you'd have yeah. someone would be number one, and then one to ten or whatever, and you'd go. But we spent hours out there, day, you know, just every day. We'd, yeah, all right, time for ball hunt. Let's go because you've you played, you know, twenty-seven holes already, and it's three o'clock. What else do you want to do? Oh, let's just go look for golf. Look for golf balls. So yeah, that's that's something that I think every kid should definitely have the experience of just going ball hunting with their mates. Like it's just hanging out looking for golf balls. Well, with the girls, so my twelve-year-old yeah. and seven-year-old. Um, it's been so fun to have these nights where we either troll the creeks. Or look in ponds, mm. or there's some there's some spots out here that out here at number one, a bunch of people lose their tee shot right, and nobody wants to go search for five minutes for their first tee shot, so they just reload, sure. hit a second shot, and just leave that one. So there's some certain spots that we go to to find just a bunch of golf balls, mm. and it's super fun to watch even the personalities of my girls. I think you guys are like this, knowing both of my girls. Like for McCall, she's competitive. Yeah. Like she wants to find like the most possible. Well, Berkeley is trying to have the most fun as possible. Like, it's like, Ooh, like a frog. So yeah, Berkeley's <laughs> like 
getting yeah. lost or like tr- playing in the mud. Yeah. McCall's like diligently like, how many of these can we get? And Berkeley's like having as much fun as she possibly can. It's just it's really interesting, and I I uh, yeah. that's been fun. I could just walk into the creeks out here. It's super fun to be able mm. to find, and it's. Like, I mean, I think that everyone listening to this podcast has probably had a chance where they felt like they just said, "I'm going to give myself to this moment to be able to find as many golf balls yeah, as I can," and it definitely. feels awesome. Yeah, and it's nothing. I mean, doesn't matter how old you are when you find a golf ball that's worth four dollars. <laughs> it's four dollars <laughs> pro V right now, isn't it? I'm like, I'm looking forward to the day one day when I have enough money to where like that doesn't it doesn't matter. Get me pumped up, no, I don't but about it. Yeah. Uh, as a man who collected Masters Cups off the ground uh, <laughs> from Augusta, I am not at that point yet. So, uh, I think I went through a phase as a kid that collected logoed golf balls. Yeah, sure. And you know, like the, just the crap, like a terrible, like really bad golf ball, but it had a good logo on it, and it was just you know gold mine kind of thing. But uh, anything else on the list before we wrap up and go hit some balls and uh, warm up? And- so one time I went and uh, you guys know Steve Ball, yeah, uh, great guy. I love what he does with kids. I've, I've thought about taking my kids over there and having them start work with him. I'm feeling pretty big daddy a couple years ago because I have a little money and I'm like I'm going to get fitted for a driver that'll fix all yeah. my problems. So I go over to Steve and I'm like, hey Steve. Will you mind fitting me for a driver? He said, oh, no, man, get on in here, let's do it. And he's like, you bring your clubs out to get warmed up. I'm like, oh, I didn't bring any of my clubs because whatever, I'm just an idiot. And I'm an amateur who just gets lucky at golf, and I figure a new driver will help yeah. me. I'm like, yeah, you got all the clubs here. And for people listening who don't know who Steve Ball is, like, just explain, like, his reputation and his, like, he's, like, one of the best coaches or, like, the top 25 titleist, something yep. like that. Yeah. What is, he is. I don't really know. And he's got a great facility it? right off yeah. of 235. Sure. You see the little sign, and you it's kind of hidden. It's back behind, like, warehouses and yeah. stuff. And you go back there, and it's, like, a beautiful driving range and, like, a great facility. He had a swing mm. set when I walked up there. Like, kin- kids were, like, on the monkey bar. Yep. It's like, yeah. Yep. Like, this is super a golf range. Yeah. yeah. Super and he does a lot of good uh, stuff with kids where he really works on their athleticism yeah. and making them good athletes and getting quick before the, he even puts a club right. in their hand. TPI stuff. Um, yeah, he's super like, yeah. let's get you fast and quick before we worry about you know hitting a ball, which maybe I should have done. So you thought, let's get me well, some of not, this. I, I, let's not get yeah. quick, Steve. Let's just give me the club. I'm going to pay 500 bucks. <laughs> so we go out, and he hands me. He's like, okay, we well, should warm up and uh, before I hit this driver. I'm like, okay, I didn't bring any clubs. He hands me a 7-iron, and he's like, hey, Jeremy, what do you normally shoot? I'm like, ah, if I... If I don't break 80, I'm pretty disappointed. So I don't know what that handicap is. Right. Whatever. I, handicap, slope, no, no, I, don't, I don't know what any yeah. of that means. Who cares? Who wants to think about that? Let's just go score and make some putts. So I'm like, yeah, if I don't break 80, I'm pretty bummed. So it's a handicap of, what, six, seven, whatever. Who knows? Yeah. And he hands me a seven iron to warm up. And I don't know what it was. It was a Titleist blade-looking thing with a sweet spot, like the size of, like, a dime. And I then proceed. Like, he's standing behind me. And I've never had anyone, like, give me a lesson or watch my swing or anything. And I then proceed to literally, like, shank, like, ten shots in a row. Like, just hosled, like, can't even get the face straight, like, just zooming, like, darts, like, worm burners, like, everything. And about the seventh swing, I saw, like, the light go out in, like, Steve Ball's eyes, and he's like... Oh, well, this none of this is really going to yeah. matter. And he immediately, instead of, like, fitting me for a club, starts giving me, like, a lesson. He's like, okay, well, here's what you really need to try to do. Try to do this. And, like, I take 20. I don't want your money. I don't want $400 like, from you. I think you. he felt bad. He's like, oh, this guy <laughs> blows so bad. It doesn't really matter what. I could literally hand him, you know, uh, yeah. the original Big Bertha, and he'll be like, it was great. I just watched him die a little bit. You know, like, you've always had the, you know when you have, like, you know when people you're interacting with like just check out mentally yeah, yeah, for whatever yeah, yeah. reason yeah. because well, who knows why I just like watched him be like oh man 
this is it doesn't really matter and i was so whatever he rigs up the driver i pay whatever some ungodly price for it thinking i've just really done something great i was like oh steve i was gonna get a putter too could you he's like oh yeah here just take this one this will be fine for you it's like okay, okay thanks uh he's a great guy i loved him it was awesome i highly recommend him uh i just uh you still have the driver Oh, yeah, it's the one I hit with. I it will, is the one. Oh, yeah, it's the one I hit with. I mean, listen, man, I spent a lot of money on that sucker. Uh, and it came with a free lesson from Steve Ball because he's like, oh, my God. And then I just, he had to be thinking, you are such a liar. You don't break 80. You, I haven't seen you get this, the, like, the face square once. How would you break 80? Like on the front? Like, I didn't know. Anyway. Like I'm not used to triple crossing with this thing. Like, I've never seen crossing. a guy in triple cross with a seven iron before. That's really impressive. Uh, uh, he was great. Brilliant. I loved him. So as you can tell, he's a great storyteller. He's one of the Lamb reasons I love to play golf. Definitely. And it's always fun to play with him because he's got loads of these stories. But that that checks off most of the ones on our list yeah. to be able to, well, to share with you today. It's been a pleasure. We'll definitely do this again. Um, we can do, I don't know, recaps and plenty we've more. Got a whole, we've story. got a whole podcast. We have a, we have a group yeah. of guys we call Dad Prom. Okay. We get together once a year. It's our Ryder Cup match. We could do a whole pod if you're interested. Well, yeah, we could, Dad yeah, Prom. definitely. No we, one is interested. <laughs> Well, I mean, I might get some new listeners out of it. The people who are in the dad from that's it. Oh, you take a uh, golf trip with friends? Oh, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how unique. <laughs> I've never heard of this before. Uh, yeah. There is one thing. It's not golf related, but there is one thing that you said last year when we played. And it was, we'd just seen Hamilton. Jason took me to see Hamilton with Taryn. And because... You said you, Katie, had, had tickets or something. Yeah, we got to And that. we played golf, and I'd never seen it before. And then you came out with one of the greatest takes I've ever heard about Hamilton is the king, right? Oh. And saying that, like, like the people just, do you remember what you said? Yes, okay. I do. I do. Please, just, this is just, people who are listening can check out. This is personally for me to have this on record because it's absolutely hilarious. And if you've seen Hamilton, you'll, you'll get it. So it's King George mm-hmm. from Hamilton. Yeah. And I think... Lin-Manuel, like, I think he's super smart and super tricky. And so, I mean, what is Hamilton? It is a all, basically the entire cast is black, uh-huh. except for King George. And then he has this one little song in Hamilton that he sings, and it's it's a funny song. It's about, I'm going to, you know. It's the showiest show tune ever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the, the, the lyrics are hilarious because he's like, I'm going to remind you of my love while I, you know, yeah. bring a battalion to crush and kill you, right? To remind you how much I love you. But it's like this very, every other song in Hamilton is is hip hop. Uh-huh. Um, but this one, <laughs> sung by the only white guy in the cast, uh-huh. is like the showiest of show tunes song. Dun, 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 And every white person loves it. Yeah. Every white person like sings it. My kids like they'll hear, it, they'll sing it, they'll sing something. And I was like, I think Lin Manuel is just like trolling every white person, yeah. every like uh, everybody that loves musicals and the theater. And it's like the only white dude is singing the whitest song in the middle of a musical that's all about hip hop um, and like anti everything that has been the world of theater. And then all the white people are like, oh, I love that song. It's, it's, it's the, the only one. Song. They walk out singing that song. It's the only one that sing out <laughs> yeah. humming. And he's just like, got him. He's like, got him. Brilliant. Take it. It's like, take it, Whitey. And we're like, yeah, we will. We love it. Uh, it's hilarious. I never thought of that until you told me. I'm like, yeah, that's totally right. Because everyone us. is. Yeah. Totally trolling. He's like, I'm going to make the whitest character, who's awful like the 
villain in the whole thing. Well, he's also like a skinny white guy too, yeah. right? Well, the I mean, the one that yeah, we yeah. saw too. Like, he's not like everyone else is like you know very muscular, rapping and R and B songs and stuff, and big you know just <laughs> skinny little. Like, gonna, he's, I, I literally imagine him when he's writing that song, just thinking. Uh, what's the worst, most like uh, stereotypical tune we could write for this guy? Ah, let's do this, and like <laughs> and then of course all the white people just like eat it up. So. Brilliant. Yeah, I think we'll end on that. Gents, pleasure. Let's go play some golf and see if we can break sixty-eight now. Let's do it. New goal. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Cheers. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.